What is going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. I said a bang, bang, a bangity bang. I said a bang, bang, bangity bang. <laughs> uh, for the record, Paul did the dance while while he did that. Um, so thank you for that, you can't Paul. Not. Uh, I guess this is fair. You really can't not. That is true. Um, If anybody out there doesn't know what that that is or what that's from, just look at Paul's Twitter feed and you'll stumble across that gif (laughs) one or two or 12 times uh, pretty quickly. So anyway, uh, (laughs) welcome to this episode of not 12 more than that. I'm sorry. I can tell you exactly how many times that that's up there. It was it. That gif was up there 16 times. 16, because for every three the Suns made that game, the Lakers game. Yes? Yes? Yep. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. So anyway, welcome to this episode of Fanning the Flames, the OG Phoenix Suns podcast that is made for the fans. That's you guys. By the fans, that is us. As always, intro and outro music is provided by Park and Main. Check them out over at parkandmainband.com. Give us a follow on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay Paul. At Dervish World. And the pod is at fan the f- fan fan fanning the, the flames. And the fan, fl- fan the flames. Fan the NBA. flames NBA. Um, yeah, we totally record regularly. I forgot our pod, our, <laughs> our, our, our Twitter handle. All right. Anyway, and of course, the bright side forms. of the sun podcast network is available on all podforms all podcasting platforms uh and if you listen on one of those many podforms don't forget to rate review and subscribe all right so hey yeah let's just do that long look as of this recording the suns sit at 23 and 11 they have the second best record in the nba yep they hold the two seed in the west Yep. And since January 28th, the Suns are 15 and 3, which is the best record like in the NBA your fault. over that date. It's like my your fault. fault. I blame you. Thank you. For 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 us being 15 and 3? Yes. I'll take that blame. Cuz you 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 said we had an intervention. You did a little like is this Defcon whatever for for Booker and then he got player of the month. I went back to that. That is right. And and that was, I believe it was February 2nd or something like that, where, where I started contemplating whether I needed to start changing my DEFCON level uh, when it came to Devin Booker. And funny you should bring that up, Paul. Funny you should bring that up. Because since Devin Booker has come back from, from that injury, right? So that was one yep. game before I brought up the DEFCON thing, right? Um. He's averaged 27.3 points per game, 4.6 assists per game, shot 52.6% from the field overall, and 39.3% from deep. Um, he's been playing at a level that is, well, I I would say All-star above worthy? and beyond what I would even expect out of Devin Booker. I mean, that is a level that is beyond all-star worthy. And, and, and to that point, now – Granted, we're talking, I believe this is a 16, 17 game span, but I did look up on basketballreference.com to see what other players have done, what Devin Booker is doing right now 
uh, over that span. And when I say that, I mean, those stats, I just rattled off for an uh-huh. entire season to see, you know, even though it's only 17 games here, how difficult is Impressive this type is of level to, to sustain. And I came across two instances of a player putting up those numbers over a season. One of them being Nik- Nikola Jokic, which isn't too okay. surprising, high percentages, right. And, and a decent assist rate. And the other being Larry Bird. So there are two seasons. Okay. So again, all right. Smaller sample size, but just to see the level that Devin Booker is playing at over the past month plus right now. And I appreciate you giving the credit where the credit is due, Paul. I'll continue saving this team as often as I possibly can, but hopefully I won't have to do it very often, right? Because they're just going to. I mean, you are Jalstradamus. (laughs) <laughs> you know, after after being one of the few to predict the 8-0 run in the bubble, and you are currently predicting the one seed, I'm not going to – I'm not going against you. I'm like, we're going to Vegas after this. You know, we're putting some money down on that. I'm, I'm merging the house. I've probably used all of my uh, – Wife doesn't know my yet. Good, my good mojo on, on events where there was no gambling involved, of course. So um, – at any rate, yes, the the Suns have anyway. been the Suns have been playing fantastic. Devin Booker has been playing fantastic. We have two All Stars, two uh, in Chris Paul and Devin Booker. First time the Suns have had two All Stars since when? Do you think, Paul? Uh, National Mari, two thousand ten, I believe. That is correct. That is correct. The two thousand nine two thousand ten season, Amari Stoudemire and Steve Nash, um, and. You know, it didn't think about this, but it makes sense when you do think about it. Nash made the all-star team the year after that, and then the Suns didn't have an all-star until Devin Booker last year. That's pretty pretty wild. Pretty wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, and it makes sense. You know, all you know, I, I, bl- I, blame Tony, I blame the Spurs for that one. You know, that, that one squarely sits on Tony Parker. 100%. For- that we have not had a – that we didn't have an, an all-star in that time period. Because he remember the was it 13 14 season or is it 14 15 when Dragic was playing with, with out of Warren, his mind? That's right. I, yeah, I, and when you said that, Parker I'm like, this was, sounds familiar. Parker was injured. Parker was injured, and he could have easily not. I don't think he even actually played in the game, but he didn't like step down from the spot, which Goran would have gotten. So he cost Goran Dragic a million dollars. That's right. Fuck him. <laughs> That's 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 like about as dick of a move as you can really do. Am I right? Am I besides right? sleeping with your sleep sleeping with your teammate's wife. I I feel like I feel like like screwing somebody out of a million Tony dollars did might that too. be worse than that. Okay, all right, Paul. Well, let's, Tony this Parker the, did that one too. <laughs> this, this isn't the trial of Tony Parker here. Uh, the solar panel is where they do the little trials via podcast. So uh, maybe point. you should submit that to them. Maybe they'll do that one for you. Um, although it sounds like he's just going to all around. There's not a whole lot to try I don't know who'd here. be the defense attorney on that one. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> tough, tough amongst Suns people, right? So, okay. So anyway, how do we even get there? What were we just talking about? Two all-stars. That's right. Okay. So Devin Booker, Chris Paul, all-stars. Yep. Fantastic. Should have had more. Like I said, Devin Booker has been playing out of his mind recently. I don't know. Did you see the other night uh, the game on Sunday? Uh, he had his 30, ah, excuse me, 
99th career 30 point game. Did you see that 30 plus point? I did. I did see that. It, that, that is definitely impressive. So, you know, one, one thing that that got me thinking of was with that happening on Sunday, the Laker game being yesterday on Tuesday, and obviously the comparisons we always hear about Devin Booker and Kobe, I was thinking, man, wouldn't it be kind of cool if Devin Booker got his 100th career 30 plus point game in a game against the Lakers. Now, obviously that, that, that didn't, he was on pace for it very easily. And we'll get into, oh, we'll get into that, Paul. We'll get into that. But before we do, I'll finish on this rant uh, or tangent. And, and that is so, I, I, uh, even though I tangent? looked that up and it didn't actually happen, obviously, while I was looking into that, I started thinking, I wonder how quickly Devin Booker has gotten within one game of 100 or excuse me. Yeah. 130 plus point games in his career. How many games has it taken him? So I looked that up um, and book now is through 372 games. Right. And I started thinking, I wonder how many games it took Kobe to do that in his career. Uh, Look that up again, basketballreference.com. Thank you very much. 494 games. It took Kobe. So book is on pace to get his 130 plus point game of his career hundred games before Kobe did. And then I started thinking, well, how about somebody that's, you know, still playing today, thinking about, a, you know, good scores. I, I figure let's look up Dame, right? Let's look up Dame, see what he did. Yep. Again. Uh, Dame did it in 469 games, a little bit quicker than Kobe, but nice. still books going to be a lot quicker than that. So just to kind of give you an idea of the, you know, the impact that this guy has uh, as, as a, as a player as a whole and, and the steps that he's taken and what he's able to put himself into in terms of the echelon he's in uh, at this point of his career in comparison to other players that are already more established than him and where they were um, along the line at that same point in their career. So anyway, anyway, now that I'm done with that, let's talk about that lakers game shall we and we'll talk about yeah it was fun we'll talk about the obvious we'll talk unless <laughs> do you want to do you want to go a little positive here paul before i start yeah and i'm not going to call this go i'm not going to call positive. this a conspiracy because i'm simply going to be spitting facts out at you all that i found to be interesting i'll say when i was you may when have I was connected some them. dots <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it was the entire game was fun, you know. Even even after Booker was ejected, like I mean, it was you know weirdly. And I've been this way this whole season about just I'm this team does not make me nervous. Like things just, and I don't know why that is. Because like even, and maybe it's just because they haven't. Ex- they've they're exceeding expectations right now. They haven't reached a height and then finally then had my dreams crushed because they didn't like make it to the finals. So and I don't remember if that's this, this is how I felt during the 0405 season that when they first kind of like went off before they like kind of became a okay we're a contender and then you know you then you're always concerned about that. You know so like I've just been I've just been riding the wave from that standpoint, I'm like, okay, yeah, these guys, they play with confidence now. They, they play steady. They know how to get out of jams. So like they get down, they get 
um, you know, they get behind, they let the other team go on a run. They're, they're shooting cold or whatever, you know, we've seen it multiple times this year. They, they get down, they rally back. They know how to execute when it matters, you know, and it, I'm just, I'm not nervous. I mean, I know when a game's gone and then I'm like, okay, sure. That one's gone. You know, you can't win them all, but at the same time, also not disappointed as much about a loss. You know, because you know they have to happen. We're not nobody's the freaking the the seventy three win Warriors or the seventy two win Bulls. That's like ridiculously hard to do, so, and especially in an only a seventy game season, that's like impossible to do. Literally <laughs> impossible. Literally impossible. And I'm like, I mean, yeah. Do I want them to win every game? Yes. Do I expect them to win every game? No. And you know, I think they do play down to teams. I know that's not that's not always fun, but they've also in many instances. Like they play down and then they realize, okay, yeah, we got to turn it on now. We got to, you know, put, put our foot on their neck and they, they've been doing that. And then you have games like this where they play up to teams. Like, you know, they got it up for the Laker game and they controlled that entire game. Like, I think they, you know, went back and forth a little bit, but even once Booker was ejected, they still were in control of that entire game. I was not worried that entire, I mean, outside of the first like minute or so, just kind of seeing how everything flowed once Booker was gone, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, they, they're still in a groove. They got this. And I wasn't worried the rest of the game, which is yeah. so weird. It, it, it is odd. And, and, you know, I'll actually to a degree here, and I, I guess it's maybe not just to a degree entirely. Uh, I'll disagree with you because I, I do get, I get nervous. I, I, <laughs> I get worried with the sun's, but I get worried with them when they build large leads. That's <laughs> that's when I get worried about them right now. And you know what? If 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 that's the time that I'm going to get worried, as opposed to when games are closer, then I'll I'll go ahead and take that because I'm with you though. When it came to last night, at no point, even when Booker was ejected, was I worried about what was going to be the outcome of the game. I knew that the Suns were going to hang on to that one. It just felt like there was always the momentum, even with the ejection, always the momentum riding with the Suns. And you can feel that swaying during games, right? And it just never felt like it really changed during during the Lakers game, at least not for me. So I, I was definitely not worried. It's always fun to beat the Lakers. And, you know, the the if I can give a silver lining on the Booker ejection thing, you know, Everybody was saying, well, the Lakers don't have all of their players. Well, the Suns just lost the, mm-hmm. the, the equivalent of, of the Lakers losing both LeBron and, and uh, Anthony Davis to that team, as far as I'm concerned, in my humble and very, very subdued opinion of Devin Booker. Um, so excuses be damned at that point because it was, it was a close game then and the Suns still held on. But either way, I, 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 I think those teams are going to meet in the playoffs. Um, obviously with the Lakers being, you know, somewhere not at the one seed, cause I'm going to stick with that, um, uh, writing it, writing while it's hot. I stuck with it when it wasn't looking so hot. So I'm going to write it out now too. Uh, but it's going to be fun watching those teams. I hope like, compete in a seven game series. That's going to be a lot of fun, but now that all the happiness is out of the way, right? Let's, let's talk Floor about, yours. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the game last night and Devin Booker's ejection. Um, everyone was confused by it. Everybody was confused by it. Okay. Let's, 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 let's run down what, what happened. 
I legit then, feel like the two different refs called texts for like different reasons. Like, and just like, we're like, well, fuck. No, you can't just no. give him two texts. Uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 dis- <laughs> I, I, I'm going to disagree because it sounds to me like you're thinking it was almost like so quick. They didn't realize what they were doing. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, it wasn't well, that quick, ref, yeah. ref number, ref number two, uh, <laughs> Justin Van Dyne, I think it is D U Y N E. First of all, his obvious flaws probably just stem from the first name. It, it, it happens. But when he called that second tech, it was so quick to be tech and toss. Like it was like he was raring to do it. And maybe he was, and maybe he right. was, and I'll get into that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, the, the thing about it was like, when Book was the one who was ejected, I'm like, LeBron's got an attack. Vogel's got an attack. Why is Book the one who's getting ejected in this game? He's not the one who's like, he hasn't been, you know, hasn't he hasn't been a problem this game. Right. So far. Well, it just really seemed out like weirdly out of place. It, it, well, it was. And I think everybody agrees that it was just completely beyond, beyond reprehensible that he got thrown out of that game. It was nonsense. So let's, let's run through what actually happened. Right. Okay. So at seven ten, left in the third quarter, foul got called on Aiton, right? Booker had yep. apparently been chirping with Tyler Ford, the referee, referee, Tyler Ford. And he had actually just called a foul on book about, 10 seconds or so before, right? Book gets teed up by Ford for chirping at him. And then as mm-hmm. Ford is walking away and probably a good 15 feet away, apparently Booker called him a bitch. And that's when referee Justin Van Doin, Doin, <laughs> I like Doin better, Justin Van Dyne, when Justin, referee Justin, teed him up <laughs> not you the second time and then was quick to give him the tee like i said and and toss him now i had a couple of issues with that um first of all i was listening to, i think it was gambo um uh, burns and gambo today and uh burns or gambo was saying that they were texting with an nba official and you call a referee a bitch that's going to be a pretty quick toss or a pretty quick tee apparently that's understood i feel like i you know i've been called the worst things in my life that's for sure but whatever no big deal mm-hmm. um but what i found interesting about it was a the profanity, as they called it in the in in Mark Mark Davis the crew chief's interview after the game, the profanity was not even directed at the ref, referee who called the second technical on Booker. Second thing I thought was interesting was Mark Davis again the crew chief was standing literally right there also would have obviously heard it and didn't bat an eye at anything that was done. Uh, except for kind of looking up when that second technical was called, almost like he was like, whoa, did he just call another technical on Booker for that? I thought that was all very suspicious, right? And I think everybody did. Now, let's go to talk about what we saw on the broadcast, what we heard. So on the on the broadcast, I was actually watching the game and listening to, to the Suns uh, radio broadcast, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bloom and TK were confused as to what happened. And I went back and watched the radio or the TV afterwards, and they were also confused as to what happened. Nobody knew what the hell happened. That was kind of the weirdest thing about it, was even the announcers weren't able to figure out until a little bit later what had actually occurred, right? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knew what was happening. I mean, part of that is just the, since all the announcing is being done remotely, you know, you don't have, you're not, you can't hear what's going on on the court. You can't see like certain details, you're missing angles and whatnot. So, I mean, they're definitely, it is a drawback of this situation we're currently in. Cause right. it was definitely part of me. Jesus, Paul. Is, is definitely, uh, um, um, well, I lost it. It's all you, bud. Go. Hey. Um, all right. So let, let's let's get into some some numbers that I found very interesting about about this referee crew. Um, but but more particularly um, with respect to Justin Van Van Dyne. Uh, there, I just called him that this time. So Van mm-hmm. Dyne started as a referee in the NBA in the 2013-2014 season. Okay. Uh, during that time okay. frame, he has officiated 29 Phoenix Suns games during Uh those 29 games the Suns are 6 and 23 now granted from the 13-14 to present right those seasons the Suns weren't exactly very good right I mean we can all agree on that we've all been Suns fans during that time frame over that time frame the Suns winning percentage was 386 right so they won 38.6 of their games that six and twenty-three mark is a twenty-point-seven percent winning percentage. So you lose eighteen percent off that winning percentage in games that are officiated by Van Dyne. Now I know you can also sit there and go, "Well, the Suns had you know such a bad winning percentage anyway. You know it's not a huge discrepancy if you take into account. It's probably on par." Well, Minnesota, who over that time frame had a winning percentage that was pretty much the same overall as the Suns, they're at thirty-eight point one percent. Uh, they're 17 and 10 in his games, a 63% winning percentage. New Orleans, uh, actual winning percentage over that time frame, 45%. They win 55.6. So it's not like this is just a, a, a factor of the Suns had a low winning percentage. So Van Deen's necessarily, if he's if they're losing games and they have a low winning percentage with him, it's just reflective of their winning percentage. It's, it's not. There's a discrepancy. Um, now that was interesting point number one, but I delve a little bit deeper and it got a little weirder in my humble opinion with Mr. Van Dien. Uh, in that time frame again, so since he's been an NBA official, the Suns uh, have an average of uh, plus 1.2 fouls per game. So they have 1.2 more fouls called against them than the other team does in, in, in their games on average during that time frame. With Van Dien, it's plus three on the Suns, which is by far the biggest difference in any of his uh, foul differentiations um, for for teams when it comes to uh, the actual team versus the opponent. So that's more than 100%, more than double, right? Uh When it comes to free throw attempts per game, over that time frame, the Suns overall shot two and a half free throws per game less than their opponents. When Van Dien's officiating, it's six less per game. Again, more than doubled that total, and it's the biggest difference in uh, opponent versus team free throw disparities uh, amongst all the teams in the NBA when it comes to Van Dien. Uh, And when we go back and look also at the 20.7% winning percentage, that is also the lowest winning percentage of any team in the NBA when Van Dien is officiating. My point being... All of these 
games or this game here where Van Dien with a quick trigger looked very eager to toss Booker out. I'm seeing these numbers showing that he seems to have a bias, if you will, against the Suns. And let's compare him to. So he's like the- Joey Crawford in the Spurs. Right, exactly. Let's compare. Let's compare him to uh, Tyler Ford in 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 the game last night, when the Suns, uh, you know, excuse me, when he officiates the Suns games, they have a twenty nine point four percent winning percentage. So it's a little lower, but it's not eighteen percent lower. And let's look at Mark Davis, their crew chief that game, a guy who, if you look at my Twitter timeline, I'm not a big fan. I have no love loss for Mark Davis, but over that time frame, so since two thousand thirteen fourteen. Um, the Suns win 37.8% of the games that he officiates, which is right on par with their winning percentage. So having Van Dien be 18 points lower, 18 percentage points lower, um, having him call more than double the, uh, you know, the, the, excuse me, the difference between opponent and Suns free throw attempts being more than double in disparity for the Suns and being more than double in foul total for the Suns. Um, And that capped by the one last point, and that is the game last night was the first time the Suns have won a game officiated by Van Dien since December of 2017. Uh, They've lost their last eight. Right, right. So maybe he has something for Booker. Maybe he doesn't. What does it all mean? Maybe it means nothing. Maybe it's a big coincidence. But look, when you have an official who when it has, walks like a who, duck and quacks yeah, exactly, like a duck. Exactly. If, <laughs> if, if, if the law of averages you just look at, it doesn't make sense that the Suns have an 18% lower win rate when Van Dien's officiating. It doesn't make sense that the Suns, on average, shoot two and a half less free throws a game over a time frame um, overall. And when Van Dien officiates, it's six. It doesn't make sense that when the Suns over that over that time frame have 1.2 more fouls per game than their other than the than their opponent, and when Van Dien officiates, it's three. All very high on his level. He again numbers across the board seem to imply a bias against the Suns, which could explain why he was so quick to take a step that perhaps one would see as him standing up for his fellow official, but where it's perhaps more directed at whatever bias he might have against the Phoenix Suns or perhaps even Devin Booker directly. That's my, that, that's my little discovery. Paul I appreciate you laying Paul's out. just like, I don't know what just no. happened. Justin just kept saying stuff. <laughs> Don't you find that weird, though? I mean, you look at the circumstances of that ejection and recognize that everybody, everybody, even Stephen A. Smith was like shocked about it. And well, okay, fine. That guy shocked about everything in one way or another, (laughs) but he's actually right about that. Um, Well, hey, you know, Skip Bayless said the Lakers are going to win after that. So nice to prove him wrong. Good job, Skip. Um, (laughs) But, but across the board, everyone sat there and everyone sits there and says that was an egregious ejection. When you don't even know why somebody got ejected, that's suspect right off the bat. And then you see well, the fact that the guy who actually and then not a minute the later, not a minute later, Markeith literally like punches yep. campaign. I mean, yeah, I get a take foul or whatever, but like he didn't grab him, he hit him. And they're like, Oh no, that's just a common foul. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I, what replay were you watching? He did that with intent. Like, there was 
there was no basketball play involved in what he did. I mean, it wasn't like he went for his face, but he's like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to, you know, it it wasn't the Raja Bell clothesline, but, you know, if he was a couple inches closer, it might have been. Right. And, and, you know, I, I agree with you on that to a, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, it wasn't a basketball play at all, but let's compare that to something that happened earlier in that game. And that's when Devin Booker just was on the ground, straight up grabbed was a KCP's leg. Right. Yeah. I was, I was really worried that the refs were going to give him a flagrant for that because it wasn't a basketball play and they didn't. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for not giving Morris one because they kind of, I think, let that one it's slide. It's true. I kind of blocked that part out of the But game then I guess they also lost any goodwill when they ejected him like three minutes later. So perhaps uh, yeah. it's all just offset there. And they should have, they should have, they should have uh, said, okay, we used our, our book doesn't get a flagrant for that goodwill when we tossed him for no good reason. So we're going to have to call this. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, when, when the refs eject a player or whatnot, they're usually try, they're trying to like, they, when they're calling flagrants, things like that, they're trying to take control of a game that they think is spiraling out of control. And it's like, okay, they ejected Booker. And then the, the late Lakers player then hits one of the Suns, And like, you don't do anything about that too. I'm like, okay, you're not actually, trying to take control of this game and settle it down and it was it was a little maddening but again end of the day still won the game so and nobody's gonna care that at any point in time that like okay anthony davis didn't play booker was ejected at the end of the day it's just it's a win in the column for the suns and it moved us into set moved the team into second place in the standings in the entirety of the nba and can't complain No, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, the win is what matters. The only thing I'm saying is I will caution all fans that listen to when you hear the name Justin Van Dyne come up in term with respect to officiating Suns game, keep an eye on him. See what you see what you're seeing. Let's see if that trend continues Um, because it's there. It's there. But at any rate, let's move on. Let's move on, Paul. Okay. We'll sure. move on now. Let's talk about the All-Star break coming up. The Suns have one more game before the All-Star break against the Golden State Warriors. Um, Paul, prediction on that game? Um, uh, oh, Nice, uh, handy win. Handy win. I say Suns by 90. I agree. Okay, perfect. So 90, now that we've 90 got- is a good <laughs> Honestly, I would not be surprised because, I mean, the Warriors are playing right now. Um, they're currently... Are you about to say you wouldn't be surprised if the Suns win by 90? No, I said I wouldn't be surprised. I, if, I was going to say I wouldn't be surprised if Curry sits. Yeah. Well, okay. So anyway, let's let's jump ahead at that then. We've got the All-Star break after that. Now, yep. we've got, as we've already covered, we have two All-Stars here this year. Uh, and we have those two All-Stars also participating in the Skills Challenge with Chris Paul participating in that and the three-point contest with Devin Booker participating in that. What I want to do, Paul, is let's go through all the contests, including the dunk contest, uh-huh. uh, and pick, well, when it comes to the skills challenge and the three-point contest, pick who's going to finish second behind Chris Paul and Devin Booker, right? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, you, and then we'll, know, pick the winner, we'll pick the winner of the dunk contest, assuming... Has Chris it, Paul ever done the skills challenge before? I feel like he must have at some point. I, I feel like he probably has. Um, may I can have look been that a bit, up, though. It very well might have. Um, but yeah, uh, well, 
in the meantime, who is competing in said skills challenge while you look oh, that up? That would help so you, I can, right? Yes. So the only person challenge. I know who else is in there is two people. I know two people who are in there besides Chris Paul. And that is Robert Covington because it's just weird that he's there. And um, uh, one Luka Doncic. Because it's also okay. weird that he's there. Yes. Okay. So. For different reasons. It is the aforementioned Robert Covington and 77. It is the other aforementioned Chris Paul. And then it is, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Julius Randle, uh, DeMontis Sabonis, and Nikola Vucevic. Oh, they're, so they're doing the big small thing again. Mm, yeah, I see what I, you're saying. I wasn't sure if they're doing like that. In, in 19, where they did, or they did it last year too. Yeah. Well, that that kind of defeats the uh, ability of us to predict who's going to win when they don't have the teams, right? Let's pick. Let's pick the big man and the and the and the and the and the. Well, they're, they're not guy teams you... per se. Yeah, I, I'd say Sabonis. Okay. And. um of course, I'm picking Chris Paul. Well, I said second, though, right? So, second? Yes. Okay. So, Robert Covington. <laughs> good. <laughs> good, other, good. Yeah. And, and hey, so to answer your question, Chris Paul has participated in this before four times, in fact. Oh, really? That many times? And, wow. Uh, the last time, though, you were also right, has been a bit. The last time was 2011. So, he did it in 06, okay. 07, 08, and 11. Uh, so this is the first okay. time. Since yeah, then. I mean, he's probably, for all intents and purposes, he would probably would have never done it again, except for the fact that they were trying to limit people showing up. So yeah. trying to use the guys who are already in the game. Exactly, exactly. No, that's that makes perfect sense. Um, I feel like picking a winner of the skills challenge is kind of dumb, so I think I'm just going to agree with you and we'll move on because I, th- okay. I feel like a three-point contest um, – Picking the second place person is going to be a little more enjoyable. Or hey, if you're so inclined, you they can really pick somebody other than They really need to turn the three point contest into the premier event. It's so much. It's the best event. It really I, is. I agree. I I agree. The three like, point contest. Dra- is there's the most drama fun. there. There's tension. Everybody everybody's seen every dunk. You know. Yeah. Pretty well, much. We think, we think so. But let's just say, let's put it like this. There hasn't been anything innovative enough in the dunk contest in such a long time that the dunk contest has become stale, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, well, I mean, the the, the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, like the first one when Gordon did the under both legs there, and that was legit. Like, I'm never going to forget that one. But And and maybe the word stale isn't right, but it's just become, it's become less significant less enjoyable than the three-point contest um and and i think it's because of that yeah you're gonna have something like aaron gordon going between uh, between both legs which was phenomenal um but that's gonna be you know a once and a every couple of years type thing where you actually see something right. new if if that so the three-point contest you know you see a guy get on a run you see a guy that needs, you know, to hit a certain number on the last rack. I mean, there's, there's, there's that anticipation and it kind of plays out over a longer period of time, which is why I think it is more enjoyable because you get more of that, you know, exciting rush uh, as opposed to you see a dunk, it's, yeah, it's done in a it, flash. That, it's that kind rush of why is like the, 
it's, it's why the home run derby is still kind of a big thing in baseball. Cause it has a similar kind of, okay, there's a set number of balls that they're going to hit. They got to get X number of home runs. This guy set a bar. Is the next guy going to clear it? If you know, there's tension there, there's not tension in the other events. I mean, there's a little bit in like the skills challenge, but definitely because just because of the, format of the three-point contest it's definitely the best one it really should yeah. become the highlight yeah i agree but okay, l- so- let's talk about cam johnson being snubbed from the rising stars i didn't realize that they were even doing rising stars this year they're not doing it but they they're not doing a game they, but they just okay they announced well, who I, they would have been yeah and that's that's a weird move here's who well i mean that's what i think a lot of people were saying they should have done with all-star and all-star i mean game to yeah. ex- to an extent, I'm kind of glad they didn't because then Book definitely wouldn't have been an all-star because they wouldn't have done injury replacements for right. a game that didn't happen. Right, right. So, I mean, from a selfish standpoint, but at the same time, you know, we do have a pandemic going on and we're going to uh, Atlanta, which isn't the uh, safest city in town. Uh, okay, so I mean, hold it's on. not so- Texas. Or Florida. Yeah. Wide open, baby. So okay. So I'm looking at the I'm looking at the rising star thing. I I'm interested now that you brought that up because I don't really think about it earlier. So we've got LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyre, and I'm talking about the US team here. Yep. Uh Tyrese Halliburton. Oh man, saying his name hurts. It's starting to I hurt know. me, Paul. I know. But we won't get into that. Let's keep positivity here. Tyler Hero, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson. Ja Morant, Michael Porter Jr., Zion Williamson, James Wiseman. First name that jumps out at me as somebody who Cam Johnson would be a better fit than, and maybe this is part of my naivete with this player. I don't know. It's Keldon Johnson. I know. Yeah, I don't know much. He's with the Spurs. I don't know much about what he's doing statistically or anything like that. Um, the other guys that might, you know, seemingly be not necessarily deserving because they haven't really shown anything yet at the same time are the big names, right? Like James Wiseman, who hasn't been hot. He hasn't really been that hot his rookie year, but he started off. All right. But then they moved him to the bench and I haven't really heard too much about him. I mean, obviously LaMelo ball, he, he actually is living up to the hype, you know, Halliburton definitely, um, you know, Anthony Edwards had a solid game against the Suns. You know, I'm, I'm going with Doc mm-hmm. Rivers strategy of like, you know, I want to play. I want guys who have who've played for me before or played against me and kick my ass. Right. <laughs> and Anthony Edwards played, played well against the right. Suns. So, okay. And apparently to... he thinks the, he, th- th- he thinks book gets respected by the refs. I don't know. What he, I don't know what basketball he's watching, but so he's a little crazy, but that's okay. We won't hold it against him. So I, I think my, I might have to, uh, uh, withdraw my comments about Kelton Johnson because he is putting up 14.2 points a game, almost seven rebounds, 2.2 assists here this season. Um, shooting percentages are man 50, 47% overall and 30, 33% from three, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be mad about him getting that. Who, who's on the world list? Game. Cause I'm just wondering if this USA versus the world thing is like a butt, like, a bust and like you're getting like crappy guys coming in because they have to fill out the world side um oh boy yeah so the world list ready <laughs> um uh precious achua achua uh, i've Nikhil heard he's Al- pretty good 
Yeah, sure. No, he was Kentucky guy, right? Um, high, high, high pro- prospect. I know coming into Kentucky, like a lot of those guys are. Um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, uh, Denny, uh, R.J. Barrett, Fasunidu Campazo, who? Brandon Clark, Lugan. Is he Sindor. Canadian? He is. Okay. Uh, Rui Hachimura. I'm a big fan of his, by the way. Uh, Theo Maladin and Michael with a Y Mulder. That's the world team. Yeah, I, I feel like Cam Johnson could be is better than at least a couple of those a handful guys. of those guys. I, I would say most of those guys. Well, let me step back. Yeah. I would say Cam Johnson's better than definitely better than most of those guys, and more deserving for an opportunity like this than a lot of those. If the breakdown was different, obviously. So okay, so off off of Cam Johnson's snub, let's talk about the three point contest. Uh, I'm going to say Booker's going to win, obviously. So I'm going to pick whoever's going to. I'll pick who I think is going to finish second. Uh, you can do what you're going to do, Paul. But the participants are, of course, Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry. Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. Okay. I will say Jason Tatum comes in second. Are you picking book? Of course. I'm just making sure, man. I don't know about you sometimes. You don't have the you don't have the blind, insane loyalty I mean, that come I on. do. But looks. Book's been in the contest, what, three times already? And he's won it once, and I think he's been to the finals the other two times. Right, right, right. I I'm, I hear you. I hear you. You know, man. and I, honestly, like, this is like, and this is an inferior three-point shooting, like, group, honestly, outside of Tatum and Curry. Like, I mean, and I think Tatum's kind of got having a down year this year. But, yeah. I mean, he can, you know, light it up if he wants to. But, I mean... Curry can do Curry things, but for some reason, book really gets up for this event. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know. And, and, and I'm going to obviously also take book and, and that's one of those things too, where it's like, it's easy to, we, you can say that and, and not be saying it just because he's Devin Booker and plays for the Suns, Right. I mean, it's not unreasonable to just go right. Devin Booker's going to win this. Obviously, he's won it before, and like you said, he's he's gotten to the finals the other two times, so he gets up for these events. Now, the second place guy who I will pick here is going to be Steph Curry, just because I really would love to just watch those two go head to head. Oh yeah, that just seems like oh yeah. I mean, because like, like awesome. the year when Book won it, and it was him and Clay and Steph like in the finals against that was yes yeah, right. I mean, it's so fun. I mean, even, even if book had lost that one, I mean, like all those guys were just sh- like that. That was the year when I was like, okay, yeah, this is the best event. Yeah. It was definitely that year. <laughs> yep. 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 No, uh, that I, I remember that dude. That was, that was phenomenal having those three guys there. Um, absolutely. So, okay. Now let's go to the dunk contest. Now this is one where they, did the exact opposite of the other two contests and brought in three guys who were not playing in the all-star game to do this. And I guess it makes sense because they're doing this everything at halftime, right? Um, right. Yeah. Are they doing the dunk con? Is it just the dunk contest at halftime or is yeah, the-, the, the other two, the other two are going on before they're like, kind of like, um, like our, you know, I guess the pre-show and then the dunk contest is the halftime show. Okay. Okay. That, and that makes sense, I guess. Although, Man, if there was ever a time to be like, 
well, we can only use guys that are actual all-stars. Uh, yeah, you get this Zion. This would be the contest get, to do it for LeBron. LeBron. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't know if, I mean, LeBron's a great in-game dunker, but at this point, I don't think he could do the, like, trick stuff. I don't know about that, man. The only the only thing that it would tell me he couldn't is because he doesn't practice that kind of stuff. But it's not like LeBron isn't exactly getting up there and he's you know it's putting true. up these. He's not. These are not like he can't rim scratchers like, that he's yeah. throwing down. Yeah, it's not. He's not getting his forehead at, at the rim. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> From the free throw line. But who? Okay, so we did just name two. Who else? Who else? of actual all-stars would rather have than these three. Well, okay. That's probably a little harder because pretty much any all-star that can dunk, I'd probably rather have, except for maybe Toppin. But um, who else? What other all-star to fill out that threesome, if you will, um, would you want to have? And I'm talking like this because I see you looking stuff up right now. Presumably um, all-star lineups. Yeah, I can't remember everybody who's on on the list who's playing. Uh, well, Zach Levine's an all-star. Um, okay. Let's yeah. Fair enough. But let's, let's say we're not going to make the guy pull double duty. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Paul George might not be too bad. Mm -hmm. That was one guy that I was definitely thinking. Um, Donovan Mitchell. He was in it already once. So, I mean, he's competed before he has been in it. Um, I don't know. Let's go. Let's go funky. Let's make Jokic do it. <laughs> that would be um, quite entertaining. How about uh, what about uh, what about like uh, KD? I don't know if K- KD might be too lanky to. Do, I feel like-, like everything would look crazy cool because he's lanky though. Like everything would look that much more impressive because it looks like there's so much more movement going on. Yeah, I, yeah that's <laughs> true. I mean, like if he could like legit do some like funky stuff, and they're like, how did you know? Like, how did he pull that off with those like long ass arms? And when I, Giannis could be interesting, just because he's kind of like that LeBron mold of like just like uber powerful and can jump. Has he not done it before? Did he do it early on in his career? Giannis, I, I have, I have no clue if Giannis has done it. Um, but yeah, this is, this is bad pod. <laughs> what is right. you just Whatever rattling off random people? Yeah, no. So, okay. So yes. the dunk contest actual participants are. Obi you know, I'm surprised Bradley Beal's not in the uh, three point contest. Three point contest. Me yes. too. Um, Obi Toppin, Cassius Stanley, Anthony Simmons, Simons, excuse me. I always thought it was Simmons. And then I was actually watching a blazer telecast and they said Simons and I'm like, Oh, well, I guess, yeah, there's only one M. So yeah. I, it looks like Simon with an S. So Simons. Cool. So anyway. I don't know who the middle guy is at all. I couldn't even tell you what team he played for. If I tried, I, I couldn't have told you who Anthony Simons played for. I, I completely forgot. Oh. So I'm actually kind of like, I'm, I'm a, sneaky anthony simons fan oh, for yeah? what he is i like him in the nba i don't know why uh yeah. but anyway <laughs> cash stanley by the way pacers pacers okay yeah so yeah i'm de- i'm definitely going anthony simons hmm, i like that i, I like that i it, it's a it's a 
it's a smaller field than usual. I mean, just having three guys is like a little, little low in the, so that's kind of rough. I mean, particularly because there are some other names out there, but you know, I guess a lot of guys turn this down or whatnot. Who knows who else was in the, in the running. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm, Big men I'm gonna... are kind of tough oh, with like Sorry. the acrobatic dunks. So that's why I was kind of leaning away from Toppin, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up winning it. All right. So you're picking Simons, but wouldn't be surprised if Toppin won it. Yes. The only one you're ruling out, it sounds like, is Cassius Stanley. Well, if I if I had to rank them, that would be my order, yes. Well, and I'm watch, going Cassius to, Stanley's gonna win it because I have no idea I'm, who he is. I'm gonna pick Cassius Stanley and and okay. hear me out here because I also know nothing about this guy. <laughs> I just looked him up and he is averaging a grand total of 2.9 minutes a game this year. 2.9 minutes. Nice. So wow, I'm they're really thinking, scraping the bottom of the barrel for that one. Well, I'm thinking <laughs> homeboy got called up because he can dunk like you know what i mean <laughs> this is not a name you mean like when, when, when like derrick jones got to do it as right. like uh when he was but technically even, in the g league but yes exactly exactly and and they're bringing this guy in because he's not a name but they're bringing him in because his dunks are going to put some eyes on that tv that's what they're expecting or create some butt so i'm gonna pick Cassius stanley um my new favorite Indiana Pacer. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so that's that all-star weekend. Hey, about this order. How many points is booking to score on the all-star game? Well, I mean, he's going to be MVP. So I'm going to say like 23, 23. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31 with uh, eight assists and, uh, Four rebounds and two blocks. Two blocks. That's right. I said two, two blocks. blocks. Two blocks. Uh, all right. So, Paul, yeah. anything else you want to kind of hop on here this episode? I mean, we've we've run through we've run through just kind of general thoughts, feelings. This fantastic team that we get to watch every other day. It's going to suck having a week without watching the Suns, though, don't you think? Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to yeah. suck. You know, one thing that I can catch I'm up on TV. To- one thing that I'm going to comment on that I don't think I don't think we've recorded an episode since I did this. I went to the Suns Blazers game. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Tell me about this. You haven't you haven't really told me too much about. So going to the let new me arena. just say first of all, um, the arena they did a f- phenomenal job on, and I had posted some pictures when I did a tour a few weeks, a few couple months ago, maybe. Uh, and and it it's even better when you're there and there's a game going on. Um, I'm hoping I can really get vaccinated before the end of the season. So maybe I can actually go. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So arena looks great. Blazers game was obviously great. Suns won by a boatload. My only, uh, selfish, uh, objection to that was as much as I love a blowout, uh, I wouldn't have minded it being a little bit closer. So book and Chris Paul would have played a little more in that game, but Hey, it is what it is. That's fine. I'll take, I'll take the blowout win. Um, what, what I'm going to commend the Suns on is how well they do the COVID stuff at these games. Um, before you come in, you, you, and this is, I'm sure to a certain degree, just going to kind of be, you know, uh, out of necessity, doesn't really do much, but you go through this little thing, you have to go into the app and 
take a little COVID questionnaire where you say, I don't haven't had a fever, haven't been exposed, yada, yada, yada. You go in and what, what really caught um, my attention was how frequent the ushers were about making sure people had their masks on and frequent was not the right word, how efficient they were about it. In fact, so I went to the game with Sam and he pointed it out and yeah, if you weren't eating or weren't drinking and had your mask even just down under your nose for any amount of time, an usher would come up within within seconds and say, you have to push it back up. And everybody was receptive and did. Um, but I, I just thought that the enforcement was was done really well. Um, those Those ushers are on top of it, on point. And I'm sure that it's obvious out of necessity. The Suns are allowed to have these yep. games, but if if there isn't compliance, then they're going to lose that right, and the Suns can't afford to do that. But even taking that into account, they did a really really good job ensuring that everybody abide abided by the by by the requirements. Oh, you know what? We got one last thing to talk about that I don't think any other pods because a bunch of pods came out this morning. Okay. Um, but this happened after I think most of those guys recorded is the Robert Sarver video. Oh, <laughs> let's end on this. Let's let's, I don't even let's, know what to say. I just needed to bring it up. <laughs> let's nobody ever, ever, ever question my love for Robert Sarver again after seeing that video, because no matter what argument you raise, you're going to be wrong because anybody that adores a, a grown ass man who's a billionaire who's going to do that and allow it to be put out there um is not wrong like i'm sorry i i'm sure people look at it and they're like oh my god that's so embarrassing blah 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 whatever robert sarver has what what uh paul i believe you would refer to as fu money right um yeah and he's gonna he's gonna do him and i love it uh, i i love it i mean if 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 i could have loved Robert Sarver more, I would have been shocked. Yet here I am today. And I that might have been that, that might have been a little um, hyperbolic, but you know what I mean. And I'm assuming that most people who listen to this podcast are deep enough Suns fans that they have actually probably seen this video. If you have not, go look it up. It's I'm not gonna tell you anything about it feel free to like tweet at us after you watched it <laughs> with your reaction i feel like this could be dude this is i'm sorry i'm hmm, let me think if i want to say this let me just let's i'll just put it like this i feel like this could have or maybe sometime will and being like son's version of the perfect video for a reaction video and a, a certain one that arose when we were younger <laughs> came to mind. I'm not, even gonna, I'm not even going to name it just because I don't <laughs> want to. Um, but this, the, the videos that just the, that, <laughs> I don't know what word to use. Like, I want to say wild, but it's not really wild. It's just like ridiculous, right? It's shocking. Yes. Shocking and ridiculous in, 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 in the most positive of ways. Um, but yeah, find that video and, and look for it, but I'm sure everyone has seen it. Let's yeah. talk about one last thing. Cause we okay. got a few minutes left here because yeah, why not? your comment about this happened today triggered with me. 
what also happened today, this whole video going around ESPN where Jay Williams is talking about Devin Booker forcing a trade out of Phoenix to New York, right? Yes. Okay. It's patently ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's journalistic malpractice. I'm confused a little bit by it too. And, and I'll, I'll explain why here. And the video is basically, it's, I forgot what, I don't even know what the name of the show is. It's what Jay Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, and some other dude, right? Some other dude. Yeah. Um, so Two new athletes and some random balding guy. <laughs> Brian Windhorse had reported that there's going to be a star player in the next two years star forcing a trade to New York, but didn't say who. This video clip basically starts with Jay Williams saying, Wendy was talking about Devin Booker and then rattling off all these reasons why Booker has connections to New yeah, York, and, which and go he, ahead, Paul. <laughs> and he didn't even say it like, I think he's talking about Devin Booker. He said it as if that was a fact. Matter of factly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I, what I was saying when I said, go ahead, I thought you were going to say this because you brought this up to me earlier. All circumstances that could equally apply to Carl Anthony Towns. Exactly. Right? Yes. Um, who's actually in a bad situation, unlike Devin Booker, or at least a worse situation than Devin Booker is in, clearly, right? They're the worst so, team in the league. So the, the the part where it gets confusing to me, oh, fair enough, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to find a tweet and talk at the same time, and I just said something that clearly yeah, I, made no sense. Thank you, Paul. Um, I wonder how often that actually happens. You don't notice it, probably pretty often. So yeah. I had tweeted out to Jay Williams, and I said, in my humble opinion, at real Jay Williams needs to get out of here with a book or trade nonsense. And he responded to me saying, what? Oh, excuse me. He said, don't tell me you got caught with the clickbait as well. I responded saying, I don't think so because when Windhorse said that there was a star going to force a trade in New York and you said it was Devin Booker, that's it. Right. Like, I'm not sure what was clickbaity about it, but like you said, Paul, this was Jay Williams matter of factly stating that the star that, Brian Windhorst referred to was Devin Booker. And and then the rest of the seven-minute video was like, I want those well, seven minutes back. I really I do. Apparently, when Devin Booker goes to the club, once. when Devin Booker goes to the club, he's there, but he stands off in the corner somewhere or something. I and have he, no he, idea. He does, it doesn't get bottle service with the sparklers in it because that's the thing. Man, <laughs> the, the we, worlds we, I don't move in. We you know, we go to the, the old. dive bar, not the, not the club. <laughs> it was yeah so but point being it, it's just crazy how this comes out of absolutely nowhere when the suns have the second best record in the nba and people are like oh by the way devin booker he's gonna go to new york because yeah. his old agent is the vp or you know the, the the president of basketball operations or whatever oh my god can we stop people with the devin booker moving thing at first it was he 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 wanted to play in Minnesota with uh, Russell and and Cat, and then it was Devin Booker is going to get sick of winning, and then he start winning, and he just keeps saying it without any logical basis whatsoever. Can we please just stop with it? Can right, we stop? especially after like he orchestrated the Chris Paul trade. Why is he going to be like, okay, I'm out? So long, suckers. <laughs> like, yeah. You're stuck it, with Chris Paul. <laughs> it makes absolutely zero sense. Zero sense. So, anyway. Besides, I, I, his girlfriend's in L.A. 
Phoenix is really close. That's, that's an excellent point, Paul. That is an excellent point. So anyway, Jay Williams. Uh, just Yeah. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Paul, let's Justin. wrap it up. Let's wrap it Please. up, man. This was a fun episode. I enjoyed this. I'm sorry. I feel like I monopolize a lot of the time, especially. No, with that's my, fine. It's fine. My Justin Van Dyne. Dying, uh, 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 tirade. I'm I'm just glad, I'm just glad we won the game because your, your ramble and your rant was not with anger. Right. There was no, there was no, we we were originally going to record on Monday and we pushed to go after the Lakers game. I'm so glad we won that game. (laughs) Right. This would be a very different pod. (laughs) Well, well, and, and, and I will point out that, while I was discussing the officiating, I do not believe at any point I directed profanity at an official, so I can't get te- a technical foul for it like Booker apparently did. Correct. Right. 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 Oh, boy. Jesus Christ. All right. Oh, uh, just so you know, the Lakers lost. We are now uh, half a game ahead of them. Just moving right up in those standings, man. Right up in those standings. I love it, man. I can't I can't wait to finish off the first half, get past the all-star break, and get to watch some more Suns basketball. And and we'll be we'll be hopping in on the uh Suns Jam session uh live stream. I think. Oh, I don't know if I was supposed to share that. I'm pretty sure people would probably figure out when they say they're gonna have guests, we would likely be included in that one way or another. So anyway, we'll be talking to people at least in the uh, very least, you know, uh, All Star Saturday. They're still doing it on Saturday, right? Or Sunday? No, I think it's Sunday. Sunday. Sunday, I mean. Sunday, yeah. Um. So, well, if you don't hear from us before then, which you probably won't, you'll hear from us. Then. <laughs> so it's three days away. We're not that efficient with our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was totally thinking, I I totally just spaced and was thinking it next Sunday. I forgot what day of the week it was. Anyway, okay. We'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of Fan in the Flames. As we always say here, we do appreciate you guys listening. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at so says Jay. Paul is at Dervish World. And the pod is at Fan the Flames NBA. Yes. There we go. I got it right that time. And got it right. Of course, everybody out there, depending on when you're listening, we truly hope you have a good morning, good afternoon or good evening just a reminder we're second place in the west just want to hear you say-